0: Hey guys, welcome to session 16. I cannot believe we are already at session 16. It's so crazy to say that, but so excited to be here and for y'all to listen to this one. I feel like there is really a theme with this session and this conversation today, which is really about adaptability. And I think that that is so important as a business owner at every level. And quite honestly, I believe it is our strength as small business owners that we can be so adaptable. You know, large companies, aren't able to be so adaptable to things. And I think that, you know, is a really difficult challenge that they have to overcome. And so seeing that we are able to adapt to so many different things as they come, it's really, really empowering because we are small enough to be able to do that quickly and efficiently and all of those things. So obviously there is a ton of mindset woven in here as always, but definitely pay attention to that thread of adaptability and look at how that's coming up in your business. And I hope this session really serves you hi hi happy black friday
1: happy friday
0: (laughs) how are you doing how you feeling
1: uh i'm feeling really tired and um
0: but otherwise i'm pretty okay
1: yeah feeling
0: better from the sickness or still pretty in it
1: uh still a little bit in it um My son has been in daycare the last two days, so he's, he's kind of recovered, but sleep is still, um, a thing that is challenging because he's coughing during the nights and stuff. So, so yeah, just feeling a little bit depleted and tired because of how this, how this week
0: has been. I feel like everything is just made exponentially worse by lack of sleep too like every single thing just feels yeah. like times 10 when you're not sleeping. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it's been a rough week.
1: Um, but it is what it is.
0: Yeah, totally. You have you have been through plenty of sickness so far already this year. You will get through this one just a lot, all at once. Mm-hmm. She says I asked um, the
1: teachers at his daycare, um, like, what to expect in terms of how long it's going to be like this. And they're like, oh, usually when they turn four, it gets better. And I'm like, oh, fuck. A whole, <laughs> <laughs> a whole year. You're like,
0: well, say that again? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, of course, it's always worse during... Right, the winter season winter. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So that was kind of discouraging to hear.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's like, so, so hard to hear that, but it also almost just like probably makes you be like, okay, like we're just doing this thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Which you really have that. I mean, you've like had that through launches through big growth, like all of that stuff. So I think you have the evidence you can it just doesn't mean it's fun exactly yeah it is what it is good all right so tell me what's going on launch wise Mm -hmm.
1: uh still really slow so um yeah i'm not really sure (laughs) what to make of it um but i'm just like i'm just surrendering (laughs) like what else can you do yeah totally um but, yeah, it's really slow, so what are we at? Do you know, uh, uh, yeah, we're at ten ten sales so far, okay,, and I'm just now uh working out the maths to just see where we were at this time last time, um, yep. So just one second. Uh, Let's see. Today's day. Uh, Plus that one. So we're about like 50% under last year in terms of days. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday. So, well, Friday hasn't ended yet. So Thursday. Yeah. So, so far we've sold 10 courses and last year at last time at this point, we'd sold 21. So, okay. um, yeah, it's slow and I just,
0: yeah, I have no, like, I don't know what to make of it really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we talked about this in base but I think that it's, it's highly likely that It has more to do with time of year than anything. And it's also worth seeing, does it pick up? Like, obviously, today being Black Friday, like, were people waiting to see if it went more on sale? Were they waiting to see if you did something? Like, I think there are a lot of factors there. So I feel like it doesn't mean we don't want to, like, do something or address it. But I also feel like sometimes we can try to do stuff too fast. Instead of being like, okay, maybe this is a launch that has way more enrollments at the end than the beginning or whatever, and kind of let that play out a little bit. Cause I think your, your open rates are still on point. Um, biggest challenge point was click throughs. And again, I think that could make sense for timing. So, um, I feel like we can definitely talk about like what's the plan to address that if we don't see it increase in the next couple of days. But I also think like, it's totally possible that it does and we can just be ready either way. Does that feel true? So something that's really important to point out here is how for a launch, like having a plan and seeing it through is so important and being adaptable to change, but there is a big difference between adaptability and reactivity, right? So for example, in this moment, we're gonna adapt by speaking to the questions we think the audience has regarding Black Friday and the noise they're kind of experiencing. But we don't have to change the whole launch yet just because it's off to a slower start. And so you see that that's the difference between, okay, let's adapt to this thing that we think is going on in this small way versus let's fully react and change every upcoming email, change the whole launch plan, change the strategy. Right. So I think it's just really helpful to see the both and there we're like, we absolutely want to have the plan and continue to see it through. and definitely adapt to what we feel like we're seeing and hearing, but that doesn't have to look like reactivity, like throwing the baby out the bathwater and like starting over. So if you are in a launch, that is my biggest recommendation is find that middle ground of adaptable without reactive.
1: Yeah. Cause we have today's Friday and then we have Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And then we were supposed to... It will close on Monday, either way. And then last time I launched, I closed the launch and then reopened it about a week later or five days later. Yeah. And then I let it stay open for one, two, three, four, five days. So, uh which means that we're only... Really only on day four or five, depending on how we count it, uh, out of a total of 13 days. So there is a whole week left. Um, and yeah, I had this fear going into this launch that launching during a black week, weekend, whatever would feel different. And it would be different, especially also because we're not really doing a sale. We're just doing a, a launch, um, and this whole, I don't know how it is in the U S or like wherever people are, but in Sweden, like companies go crazy and they do black week and they do black weekend and all of that. Um, so I've been getting crazy amounts of emails all week. And even though they're amazing deals, I get overwhelmed by the sheer amount of marketing that I receive. Yeah. So totally. a part, a part of me is just like, Back off, I'm not going to buy anything. I'd rather buy later, even though, like, I miss out on a discount because you're just, it's like you're just too full on. Like, leave me alone. Um, and then another part of me has been like, I've, I've done some shopping today, and I feel like if I have some time during this weekend, I'll sit down and see if I can snag some deals. So we'll see. I think there is a sense of overwhelm in people's lives totally. with what should I buy and should I buy anything? Do I want to buy? What the fuck? Um,
0: so we'll see. I think something that would be really helpful there. And, um, I don't know if you have, um, a moment today to kind of do this really quickly, but is to just talk about why it's not on sale. Yes. Um, Um, I have
1: a post lined up, uh, for later this afternoon with the cost breakdown of, Pleasure Treats, where I go through it like mm-hmm. if, if you do the practice ten times, this is the cost. If you do the practice, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, two times, whatever, and it breaks down the cost. Um, and in that post, I say uh, and I highlight like I know this is a crazy time of the year. You're bombarded with sales and marketing to buy lots of stuff that you don't need. Um, and I say I'm not doing a Black Friday sale on Pleasure Treats because it's already too cheap. <laughs> but <laughs> I have added two extra practices for free. So you're basically getting a 20% discount, but you don't see it in the price. Um, but now, you know, so that's just there. Um And I guess I'll uh, just have to like emphasize that um, in stories and in the communication.
0: Yeah. And even like, just change that up slightly. We're like, you know, the title of the post is like pleasure treats isn't on sale because it's already too cheap or something like that, just to like grab them with that right away where that's not almost like hidden at the end, but it's almost like the first thing we want them to know kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. I can definitely do that. Um, because I think that, you know, if the, if the assumption is it's that like the noise and whatever we want to just like get them to see that right away. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think it's good for them to see that where they're not like waiting because I think that that's sometimes our tendency is to wait and see like, oh, well, maybe she'll put it on sale later or maybe this discount's coming or maybe I'll miss out on something. So it's like a little bit of like worrying that we'll miss out too. So just like making it super clear, like you're not missing out. This isn't going on sale today or Cyber Monday or whatever. Like <laughs> if you want to get it for yourself now. Yeah.
1: Um. Great. And then I was also thinking if I do want to do like a little sales push or something, I could, like, I'm not going to, um, change the price, but I was thinking on Monday or even like depending on how sales goes from when we reopen the launch in, in a week, yep. um, to add like, you know, I'm throwing in like two extra live calls or something, which is a 150 euro value that you will be getting in January and February, something like that. But it depends. Um, I haven't decided yet and I don't know if I should do that during this weekend. Um,
0: but it was something that I thought about as sort of like adding value. Not sure. I mean, what comes up for me there is less so much of the adding value, although obviously that's a good point. We could totally play that up, but it's more of, it's just smart for you to do that anyway, because what we want this to sell into (coughs) is going to be shameless again. So them having that interaction with you on a call or that experience of being on a call with you is probably just like really positive to make that upsell anyway. So I feel like there's really no downfall to doing that unless you felt like you just didn't want to. But like, if you're open to it and excited about it, like I think that helps you a lot, not just with this launch, but with Shameless. So I really wanted to just touch on this idea of why giving people the experience of your programs is so valuable. So for example, why having the calls and coaching is so valuable for Erica's upsell to Shameless. And it's because people really sometimes don't know what these containers are like or feel like until they've had the experience of it. So you know, we can kind of like in theory know that we think something would be good or enjoyable, but it's totally different when you've actually had the experience of it, right? It's like, you know, I might know that it would be like really fun and enjoyable to travel to Paris, but once I've had the experience of it, it's totally different um, level of wanting more and being able to feel and visualize that, right? So the same is true with our program. So if you can use any opportunity to give them a small experience of what it might be like, that's why I'm such a big fan of free coaching sessions too, because I think it, it gives your people the experience of what it's truly like to be coached by you. And then, you know, of course, if they're the right fit, they want more. And so looking for that in your own programs is really, really helpful. Like how are you using, you know, your marketing, your conversion events, your bonuses, things like that to give them the experience of being in your program that you're selling or your upsell like we're talking about here in Erica and really weave that in because I promise that will not only serve your audience really well that will serve you really well in terms of conversions and upsells yeah yeah maybe I'll do that so Mm -hmm. yeah
1: it does um so what I'll do is I will um ask Sam to create some story graphics that talk about the Absence of, of, of a sale, of absence of a discount and what we just yep. talked about. And that I'm adding to extra bonus live calls for, for, for this launch and see if that yep. can, and then I'll just really emphasize and push that. Um, yeah, Friday, um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and when we reopen
0: hmm And, you know, I think you could even say, like, even if you've already if if even if you've already bought pleasure treats, like you might just want to buy this round again for the two for the extra bonus and the two extra calls and whatever and like even like talk that up. Well, what I do with uh pleasure treats and
1: why it's such a deal is you get reinvited to rejoin. Oh, because they're getting
0: them. Yeah. But they don't
1: get the extra yeah. live calls. Um so that would be but they're getting the bonuses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it would be a bonus just for people who purchase now. But everyone else gets to rejoin over and over and over again.
0: Uh And I think... I still think that's relevant, though. Like, $99 for two calls. Yeah. Well, euros, but whatever. You get what I'm saying. Like, I think that that like that's worth just, like, putting out there once. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah, maybe. We have 32 people who have rejoined this... Uh, round, um, from the previous launches. So that's a pretty good, um,
0: exactly rejoin. And it's also really possible that they thought about, Oh, I really wanted to do shameless, but I couldn't. And this feels like a decent middle ground. Like, Oh, I get to get on two calls. Yeah. With Erica and get that support. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I
1: was thinking just. The calls I want to do, the extra bonus calls, like making them really juicy, like something around, I don't know. I have to make sure that it's not something that I've taught for free in the Facebook group already. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But maybe a live, yeah, an an extra live Q&A because those are always, or even
0: like coaching, maybe live group coaching. that Yeah. I really think that, I mean, maybe you start with like a practice you do with them or whatever. But I think, again, it's like almost like giving them the shameless feel in a sense. So they like see the value in that. And so that, you know, maybe even just want to buy just for that purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe
1: maybe a live call around like releasing shame and really embodying your shameless sexual, like really powerful sexuality. So that's like an experience. And then yeah. the, sec- the second live call is a uh uh group, group coaching where they can join and
0: get, yeah, get coaching. Yeah. I really like that. I think like them getting coaching is just, really really helpful for you for them shows a ton of value like i think that that's just a no-brainer and that way you don't feel like you're having to be like oh god how do i pull out something brand new to teach and it's not really about that it's about like come get coached on what's coming up for you in doing these practices in buying this program you know yes okay i'll pass that to sam and
1: she's usually really quick so we can have that done today and then um Add that to the marketing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um, perfect. Like a black weekend extra mm-hmm. bonus
0: yep. value thing. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And again, I think it's just like being able to be like, okay, like it's still possible that this goes exactly how I want it to go without that, but like it this also still serves me in so many other ways so let's do it you know it's not like this like reactivity thing it's just like a this just makes a lot of sense kind of thing yeah i think in
1: terms of like what what this launch is teaching me um like first time i launched pleasure treats it was the first time every, every sign up was like a massive bonus like everything just felt so extra yeah. um it completely exceeded my expectations and then last time we increased with 45%, so it was, it was slow in the beginning and I was moving through a lot of feels and a lot of self-doubt and all of that. And then this time it's super slow and, and I'm just like, I don't know, because I'm so tired and because you just had such a successful launch with Shameless, I'm just like, fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> like I'm so. I don't know, not, not detached, but almost a little bit detached. Um And, uh and just kind of like, I don't know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I can't really control it. Um, And also feeling like even if this launch kind of bombs in a way and we only get like, maybe, maybe we only get 50% of the last launch in total sales, then we'd still be at the same uh, revenue as the first time. And Mm -hmm. I think the teaching there is just accepting that there's ebb and flow and it will, it can grow. I can expand and then there can be a a less successful launch and everything's kind of fine. And everything's part of the journey, the trajectory, the everything's working anyways.
0: So that's kind of what I'm feeling. yeah, yeah. I think two things come up for me. One is that I think hindsight is twenty twenty, meaning like it's so easy right now to be like, "Shameless was such a success, da da." But there were there was plenty of this in Shameless too, right? There was plenty of like, "Why is the uptick not what we want it to be? Where are these people buying off the waitlist? Shouldn't that have happened faster?" Like, so now because you have the whole scope, it's easier to look back and almost make it all good. You know what I mean? where when you're in it, it's really hard to do that. So I think it's just remembering that too, or like even all the last pleasure treats launches, like it's easy to be like, oh, that was like amazing or good. Like hindsight provides us with that, but it's just never going to feel like that when you're in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, well, and see. then I think the other point, yeah, totally. We'll see. And I think the other point of like, you know, everything doesn't always have to be more, more, more. It's actually really important too, because I think that, you know, there are just going to be different seasons in business. Like this was still the right time to launch it, but it also might look a little bit different because of the season, you know? And I think that giving yourself that permission is so important because i feel like everything in the online space says everything should increase. Every time and your even your monthly like right like your monthly should increase every month and it should never ever go down. Your launches should increase every time and never go down. And you know obviously that's like an ideal but i just don't think that that's how the vast majority of businesses operate and like if we make that mean something's wrong with the business, you know, that's where we get into trouble. So i think it's beautiful to be able to be like It's both like, I could be talking about this three weeks from now and being like, that was such an amazing launch and totally forgetting about this like tough part at the beginning. Or I could be talking about this three weeks from now and being like, I still have a like really beautiful business that generates amazing sales. And you know, nothing has gone wrong, right? So I just really wanted to reiterate what Erica and I talked about here about how with launching hindsight is 2020. And I think the truth is with almost everything in our business hindsight is 2020, right? Like, you know, so many of my clients will go, Oh my God, it's taking forever. I'm not getting the results I want. It's taking forever. And then they'll look back and be like, Oh my God, that happened so fast. I cannot believe how fast I grew. Right. Because when you're in it, it feels like forever. And when you look back and it was a few months, you're like, damn, that was fast. So Launching is so similar where once you're through and past a launch and you know, like, you know, like for Shameless, for example, you oversold it, crushed all your goals, all that. It's easy to look back at that whole launch as amazing because it was. And of course, that perspective is important. And we forget what it felt like when we were in it. So I just really wanted to reiterate that because I think it is such a valuable takeaway from just seeing someone else go through it. It's like y'all can go back and listen to those episodes um, where Erica has started off the shameless launch and it didn't start off quite the way she anticipated, et cetera. But of course, now we can see how great it ended up being. And so it's so possible to just stay in it and keep working it. And on the flip side of that, what the other thing we were talking about was that every launch does not have to be bigger and bigger, no matter what, like, This is so important. It is such a trap in our space to think that every month, every launch, every sale, every everything has to be bigger and better than the last. That is the fastest way to feel really, really disappointed with a really strong business and to burn out, right? Because we're always chasing that next metric versus realizing that sometimes part of growth is also contraction. Like something I say a lot is, you know, expansion or contraction usually comes before expansion. And so, you know, those things ebb and flow together and it's really, really natural. And it doesn't mean like the next launch couldn't be the biggest ever, or it doesn't mean this one couldn't even still be. But I think the point is to just take that pressure off. So of feeling like every time it has to get bigger and better because that pressure in and of itself is sometimes what prevents us from actually staying in it and seeing it through. So, we got to remember that hindsight's twenty twenty, and we have to remember that the goal can always be bigger and bigger every time. But you know, the outcome might not always be that, and not making that mean that you suck as a business owner, or something has gone wrong, or your audience isn't interested, or whatever. That is what's important. It's the meaning behind it. By all means, set the goal, but be very, very careful what you're making it mean. And I think Erica's doing a really good job of just watching out for that and noting that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think both, like
1: I'm feeling both of those things and, and that's why it feels okay. And ideally, um, at this point I would have wanted to be more present in like, in stories with like talking and videos, but I just haven't had, first of all, I haven't had space because I've been with my kid. And then I've been sick, Yeah, yeah. but I did do the practices from, from pleasure treats. Like we discussed on the last session and it was wonderful. And I was like, these, these, this course is amazing. So I really do feel the value it. And I'm posting much more, like I'm posting like three posts per day on Instagram, but also I'm shadow banned. So my posts, my reach is down. Like there's also those kinds of challenges that I'm experiencing at the moment. So In terms of story reach and post reach, it's harder for me to get through to my potential customers because Instagram is a fucking party pooper. (laughs) (laughs) They're missing the point. (laughs) They're totally missing the point. Um, So I've been feeling into that desire even more to create the podcast and really feeling like this is something that um, really important for my business and for the safety of my yeah. business to have a space where I'm where customers can find me. And there's um,
0: yeah. I think yeah. it's, it's totally true. I mean, I think obviously like you're still going to use Instagram and what it can do for you, but also, You don't want to be so like hit with that frustration all the time because you don't have another space to do that in. I mean, obviously you have your email list, but as we are (laughs) finding out at a time like this when, you know, everyone's getting bombarded with emails, that makes it a little bit tougher, that kind of stuff. So I think, you know, having somewhere else that you are like in more control of is so valuable and you know it doesn't have to be a race to get that done or anything but i think that yeah that still needs to be pretty top of mind and also i think it gives you a way to interact with your audience that you just haven't gotten to do quite as much yet and i think that will be a really big difference maker too like when they get to like go that deep with you i think that that changes the trajectory of your business I just wanted to talk for a second about Erica being shadow banned on Instagram, obviously both of us totally disagree with that. And the fact that her work is being shadow banned, but I think what's really important to see here is how important it is to be able to roll with what comes and be adaptable, right? Because, you know, Erica could be super, super, super like upset about this and she has every right to feel what she feels, but she could be so upset about it that it stops her. It makes her think, Oh my God, I shouldn't use Instagram. Oh my gosh, I can't even do this business. Oh my gosh, maybe this business isn't going to work. Blah, blah, blah. And you can see how much you can get wrapped up in that. Or you can just say like, well, listen, this is going to be a thing on Instagram. I'm not going to not use that tool, but I do have to adapt and ask myself what else feels like a more sustainable option here. And of course that's what points her to the podcast. But what's really important to see about that is not like, oh, everyone should start a podcast. It's to see that like, yeah, sometimes shit happens in your business that sucks and you can't control like getting shadow banned, right? But what you can control is what you make that mean and what you do with it and how quickly you can adapt, right? So she's not making it mean like, she shouldn't talk about this stuff on the internet. Of course she should, right? It's not making it mean anything about the success of her business. What we're making it mean is that it's time to adapt. It's time to go, okay, great. What's the next plan for having a better way to connect with our people. And again, it's the podcast, but it's really about the adaptability here.
1: Yes. Yeah, totally. So Yeah, we'll see when I, when I will be able to start on that. Um, hopefully, hopefully soon. Um, but it's a desire. I'm going to start planning for it soon and like writing out the first podcast episodes, see with my um, VA if she's, uh, if she's got space to manage that or if I need to hire someone specifically for that. Um, yeah, basically just starting with the project management and planning and building of, of
0: that new project. I think what's cool about that too is that, um, since you decided to relaunch shameless next year at the beginning of the year, instead of build a whole new course, you actually just freed up a ton of time for yourself to be able to do this, which is really helpful. And I actually think that that could almost be the, the, you know, thing that was meant to be here, which is that you have time to create the podcast before you launch the next, not before you launch, but before you build the next program. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably the best timeline.
1: And, um, I did, I think I told you in base camp, but I did tell, uh, everyone in shameless that we are changing the structure from one week to two weeks. Mm. And the response was overwhelmingly positive um well no one shared anything negative about it and i think everyone responded um in person i believe maybe one or two didn't but anyways everyone's super delighted about that change um so that means instead of wrapping up at the beginning of february the first week of february shameless officially ends the last week of march um yeah mm-hmm. But if I launch in, if I launch Shameless in January and it begins in February, or yeah, if I launch it at the end of January or even beginning of February and it begins in March, then it's almost done. And I think by that time, there will be enough transformation in the participants that they can share really powerful testimonials. It's almost done. Um, and it's doesn't, it doesn't feel like a, an obstacle to launch before the program has
0: like the first, before the first round is officially completed. Totally. I completely agree. I mean, at that point, it's really just, you almost just have an extra call. That's all, all it really is. You know, it's not like you're, deep in creation mode or any of those things so i think that perfectly makes sense to not feel like you have to wait till march or anything like that but to feel like you can still move on the same timeline you know yeah yeah but also very good that you did that for yourself and just recognize that it felt like too fast and then obviously like all your participants like felt the same if they were very excited about it and all they're getting is more time with you you know so that really is just a beautiful bonus for them so I just wanted to give you guys a little context here, because this was a conversation we talked through like primarily in Basecamp, but Erica had felt like, you know, Shameless was maybe moving at too quick of a pace, not just for her in terms of creating, but the entire experience. And she really wanted people to be able to drop in and process each module a little bit more. And so we discussed making a change to extend Shameless to basically have content roll out every other week instead of every week um, and how that could really serve her better, serve her students better and let everyone kind of drop in a little bit more. And so what I wanted to say about that is back to that adaptability part is like, this is how we test and tweak and giving yourself permission to do that is so important. Obviously Erica could have been like, Oh, interesting. Okay. Of note that this one falls a little too fast. Maybe next time I'll extend it. But it's so beautiful that in the moment she was willing to say that and willing to put that out there and willing to say to her clients, Hey, I'm feeling this thing. I'm assuming that you're probably feeling this thing. What would you guys think if we did this? And of course she got, you know, really, really, really positive feedback and it was a win for everyone to move in that direction. And I just wanted to share about that because I think it really normalizes this idea of not only testing and tweaking, like you don't have to know how to get it right from the start. She's never run this program before. So she made her best guess. She structured it how she did. She realized there was a better way and she's willing to iterate that. And she's willing to, you know, kind of put your ego to the side and say, Hey, I'm seeing a better way. What do you guys think about this? And so giving yourself the permission to do that is just so valuable and so important. You do not need to get it right every time you do not need to be perfect. You don't have to do something without ever making a tweak. Of course, you have to be considerate of the people in your program, which she completely was. But I think it's just really important to see how this is how we adapt and create amazing programs over time is being willing. To go there and do things like this and willing to learn along the way instead of feeling like, well, because I decided this once, it has to be like this forever. That is totally not true. And that is the fastest way to stay stuck in business. So hope this is permission for you. If you need to test and tweak, if you need to change something, it is so, so positive to be able to do that throughout your business.
1: Yeah, no, that was absolutely the best decision.
0: And, um,
1: it just felt so spacious. Like with this, if I had to, well, I was almost done with week six, which was supposed to start yesterday. So I would have been able to create that, but then I would have feel so stressed about week seven and all the weeks coming after that and everything else and the coaching. And it was just, yeah, it was such a relief in my system. Um, and I, and I said that to them, like, I really hope this lands inside you and in your body as a big sigh of relief. And everyone's like, yes, we're so relieved and we're so excited. This is amazing. Um,
0: so yeah, everything works out and everything's perfect. Yeah. Well, it's the beauty. It's the beauty of building a program like this too, right? Is that you don't have to get it right the first time you get to iterate and learn from it. And so you couldn't have possibly known that until you were in it. And then when you're in it, it's trusting yourself enough to be like, Hey, I think we need to make this change. What do y'all think? And really following that instead of almost it being so, like, rigid or black and white that it has to, like, be this way or because I said this thing, it has to be this way forever and I can't change it. And so it's just, like, beautiful to build that trust that, like, no, this is the point is that I do it. We learn from it. We adapt, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And then I was even thinking, like, you could take Shameless and make it a year-long experience as well with one month per module. So there's plenty of space Mm -hmm. to... To play with it, to experiment and see what is the perfect or as close to perfect as possible container. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really feel like I'm starting to see that more clearly that I have pleasure treats. Shameless will be a six month or even a year long experience. Then I want to, I thinking of creating, um, like a five week experience that's mostly live call, but it's still like a pretty premium experience. And then the uh, online course, and then I mean there are endless possibilities. <laughs> but again, my mind goes to. But
0: like... that could be enough. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that could be like your product suite, and that's how you build it out, and that's how you sell. And you know, you just like replicate that over and over again. You know, of course, with like adjustments as you see fit, like we're doing now. But I think like that's kind of cool to see is that you already have like three pillar pieces of that kind of lined up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, that, that's just, I mean, this is down the road a little bit, but it's just helpful to think about, but it's like, that's that point at your business where like your energy shifts, meaning like right now, so much of your energy has gone into building and creating these new programs. And then your energy can shift to being just About marketing these new programs or I mean, these, you know, current programs as opposed to it always being like create new programs. Sometimes it's like create new marketing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm really looking forward to being in that state and like stage of, of business where I'm, and with that also having even more realistic and trustworthy projection of revenue and all of that, which was something which was one of my core desires. And when we started working together, um, so, so yeah, I'm tired, but I have faith. Like I
0: have faith in pleasure (laughs) trees. Absolutely. And I think like, you know how you said earlier that the first time it just all felt Like amazing kind of, I almost feel like it's getting back to playing with that a little bit. Like how can we like, you know, play with like these 10 people just being like amazing that they like each wanted to like give you their money and do this journey with you and be part of that. Like I think it's just even getting back to playing in some of that. I think as we get further and further along in business, it's so easy to lose some of that. And I think like just bringing that back in is what makes us have the faith, makes it feel so fun. Cause it's like, that's still like 10 people that were like, yes, please give me this thing. Like that's incredible. Right. So I wanted to just expand a little bit on that shift. I was talking about in your business, where you go from always being in program creation mode to being more in marketing creation and how valuable that is over time. So if you listen to my last solo episode, I talked a lot about the business model of, you know, relaunching, reusing the same programs over and over. And this is really that. So obviously you have to spend a tremendous amount of energy and resources at the beginning of your business, building out those programs, which Erica is totally doing right now. Like we're seeing her really pour into shameless right now, but at a certain point, she's going to have these programs on law, right? And the temptation is so there to then just keep creating more and more programs. And while you can do that, what I see to be so much more effective is when then you take that creativity time and turn it into creating more and more marketing that sells those programs. Right? So if I have, you know, a suite of like three or four programs and I'm spending my time creating like amazing events and opt-ins and you know, lives or emails or whatever that sell those. Imagine how much growth I could be experiencing. If I'm always creating the next program, in some ways I'm taking my presence and my attention away from the growth, right? So whether you are someone who is in that phase of program creation and just needs that reminder that it's okay to focus there for right now while you build out your program suite so that you can then refocus, Or if you're someone that needs the reminder that, hey, it might be time to refocus to marketing creation and keeping your attention over there instead of creating more and more programs. I hope this was just a helpful little reminder there. I do really believe there comes a time in every business where we make that shift. And if we do, we watch our business grow exponentially. And so no matter where you are, I hope that was just helpful to hear and to remember that either that might be coming for you or it's time to lean into that. I agree.
1: And that's how I felt about Shameless too. And like how I, or how I, how I chose to feel, what feeling I really consciously cultivated with like, you know, if I, when I had seven, I was like, this is amazing. When I had 10, I felt like we'd sold out. 15, um, was incredible. And then we got 16 towards, you know, the very (laughs) end. So, and each step of the way, I really celebrated everyone, but it felt it felt kind of easier really to, to celebrate it because it was new and it was so like unexpected and now I have expectations yeah. on the launch because there's stats and history and all of that um mm-hmm. it's kind of like how you feel with a partner too like. <laughs> 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 When you, yes, <laughs> you're so excited yeah, in, totally. the, in the honeymoon phase. And now it's like, I've been married to pleasure treats for 10 years. And I'm like, ugh, these 10 people,
0: yeah. <laughs> they're not enough. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. It's so true. It's that I talk about this all the time because I just think it's so relevant and it's so personally helpful for me. But it's like that quote, which is like, all unhappiness is the result of unmet expectations. Mm. Yeah. Right. And I think that's it. You know, we, once we have data, it's so helpful because it helps our launch, but it also sets up expectation that can feel really overwhelming sometimes too. So I think it's just good to keep, you know, holding the both and there where it's like, yes, of course we still want to look at the data and be realistic about what's going on and cultivating some of that excitement and joy in each sale is still really like worth intentionally putting effort into. Yes. Yes.
1: So it's all working and I celebrate them and it's all part of the it's all part of this being the perfect journey for me and my business and and I'm excited to see where the next I am truly excited and curious to see where the next 7 days of launching takes us and where absolutely where we land um yeah kind of feels unknown and new in a way too when I think about it that way
0: I also think you know what's really beautiful for the place that you're at in business too is to see all of this as like icing on a cake like you have such stable recurring revenue with shameless with one-on-one that kind of thing so it's like this it gets to be like the fun launch to a certain extent now like the you know the like, it's all extra, it's all good, it's all exciting kind of thing. So I think even playing with that money-wise is really helpful too, where this doesn't like make or break if you can pay for your team and think, you know, pay for your life and things like that, which I think is really helpful. Doesn't mean we don't still want it to go a certain way or that we're not going to still do everything we can. But I do think like just anything that helps turn down the pressure gauge a little bit and just make it feel light is really important. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And there's like almost
1: four full days left of this launch, which is a lot plus an extra five days. Yeah. Plus five. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's plenty of time for people to get off their asses.
0: <laughs> Buy my shit. hundred percent. Or, and to even get like aware that this is happening. Do you know what I mean? Like I think that that's probably a big piece of this is just like the awareness hasn't quite. <laughs> clicked in yet because of all the noise and because of the holiday and all that kind of stuff. So I think like that's even it. There's just like more time to be aware. And when they're aware, they want to buy it, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because I, let's see, I want to uh, just check something while we're talking about this in terms of awareness. Sure. Uh, yeah. Cause it's funny. And a woman sent me a DM on Instagram. She's like, Hey, uh, She's been following me for a while. She has a podcast. I I was a guest on her podcast, and then she sent me a DM two days ago saying, "Hey, do you have a course right now? Like, what's going on? I need to um <laughs> I need to invest in my pleasure. Like, it's time." And so I said, "Actually, so good. Actually, yes, I'm launching it right now." But she follows me, and she had not seen any of my posts. Obviously,
0: really likes you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, really is like an like. A dedicated follower, if you've been on her podcast, had these interactions, she, like all of that, right? Yes. And even though I've been posting about pleasure treats for the last
1: four days, my posts haven't shown up in her feed. So I'm definitely hmm. experiencing the shadow ban. Motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm so angry.
0: Yeah, Totally. <laughs> I don't blame you. I think that's bullshit. Mm.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, it really, Yeah, we'll see. So hopefully posts start reaching people people and we'll see how it goes. Exactly.
0: I think that's also something I, I would be really curious to see in this launch is do we see a lot more at the end because of that? Because it took a lot longer to build that up and then maybe launch planning fits around that a little bit more in the future where like we may have slightly longer launches or things like that just to you know, combat that a little bit, um, doesn't have to be true, but I think it'll be interesting to see how this plays out just because this is obviously like a little bit of uncharted territory to see as we go. Are they seeing it a lot more? Is the reach getting a little bigger? That kind of thing, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Okay, so there's something else I want to talk about. I don't know if you want to talk about <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you were telling me in Basecamp that you feel like totally off your structure game and all of that. So I just wanted to like come back to uh, that for a moment. Because obviously, you know, it makes sense. You've had your kiddo home, you've been sick, not sleeping, da da da. But I feel like you know that that is such a edge. You're still working, so I feel like it'd be good to chat there. What do you think? Yeah,
1: no, I'm happy to talk about that. Um, I think what I experienced is that I set up a structure with the color coding, like blocking off times. So yeah, yeah. All of that, and created a like both for for uh personal life and business. Um, but then what I saw was that I, um, it didn't really fit or like I veered off of it and, and then I was adjusting a little bit and then I was like, no, this is not working. And then I
0: just dropped it completely kind of, um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so and then you got back to that point of feeling like overwhelmed and yeah. And just
1: all just un- not so much overwhelmed, uh, but, m- but I think there's an there's been a feeling of overwhelm with like holding clients, holding like like you said a few sessions ago, like you basically have sixteen new clients with Shameless, yeah, mm-hmm. and totally. In the first weeks, I was just like, boom, 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 go, 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 like. Uh, need to create, must create. Writing the excitement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when that excitement, uh, decreased, I was feeling really overwhelmed by the, not responsibility, but like the energy of holding them, like just feeling like, wow, I'm responsible yep. for mm-hmm. so many people here. Um, and, and then they have good results. So I feel like, okay, it's working. The process is good. Um, the program is good. I really believe in it. They're starting to have really amazing results. Um, and then we expanded the course time so that decreased the pressure to create, uh, under, under pressure, under that tight di- deadline. Um, yeah. So to mm-hmm. a certain degree, that feeling of overwhelm of holding so many people has decreased. Um, but I pendulate back and forth. Like sometimes I feel like, Oh my God, I'm so responsible for my clients. And then I have to remind myself, like, like it's not my responsibility per se. It's their responsibility. They do the work. Um, and it's not my fault if they succeed or, or fail or whatever. Like I can't, I can't hold on to that responsibility too much.
0: Yeah.
1: So there has been that, but then I felt with the, with the, with the piece that we're talking about now, it's just, I just felt like I, I feel unstructured again. And like, I haven't figured out what's my, like, what is my structure? How do I want it to look like? Um, how much do I want it to be? Um, oops, my headphones died now, but maybe that's fine. I'll just move away from the, um, the computer and then change my setting here because otherwise I think the sound will bleed. Oh yeah. True. Um, but what I felt was more like I have no structure again, which felt like both like I failed a little bit. Um, and also
0: like, this is not helping me. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Like, like maybe you didn't find the exact right structure for you yet, which makes sense. And it's going to take time and be a process, but the absence of it isn't feeling good either. So it's like, where is that next thing to test or the next thing to try basically, right?
1: Yes. And I think also what I did was like, I got so excited about having the structure, so I created it. But then what I saw was that some things take longer than expected. I don't really know how long some things take. I didn't factor in um, yeah, like different, uh, variables, like my kid getting sick or stuff from like my accountant or relationship stuff, like all of that. And so when it, I'm, I tend to be a little bit all, all or nothing. And so when I couldn't do it perfect, I'm like, fuck this, I'm not going to do it at all. And then, so I swing back into old ways. (laughs)
0: Let me just ask you this. I'm not saying this has to be the answer, but I just want to like understand like where the, you know, like a kink in the chain is here. But, um, like if, if something happened and you had to move a thing, you know, like say it's like, okay, my accountant needs this thing. So I'm moving when I was going to create, you know, marketing material to here instead of it being here does that feel like a failure in that moment? Is that super frustrating or that would feel okay? Um, It's just, you're not doing it or like what's kind of happening in that little interim when like something comes up?
1: No, that feels okay. Um, Yeah. That, that does feel okay. Um, But I think it was a slippery slope into like moving too many things (laughs) and then doing things, um, when I wasn't supposed to and, um, getting, uh, lost on social media and like spending or wasting time there and just not having also clarity on like, actually what is important. Like what's my priority list? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: Do you mean that on a big scale or on a little scale? Like, are you, do you mean priority of that day, that week, or do you mean like way bigger than that?
1: Um, I would say medium, (laughs) medium.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Give me a little more there. (laughs) Um, well,
1: again, I tend to be all or nothing. Like I'm gonna work. Like I, uh, I find it hard to have perspective like, okay, so today I will, I need to do stuff at home that is not business related, but I also have business stuff to do. Um, but then I get into this thought like, well, I have to do, I have to do everything business related first before I can do personal stuff. And then that gets pushed. Mm -hmm. So it's like Mm -hmm. this. Yeah. I just find it hard to prioritize and also sitting down and. I'm planning before I actually execute. I think that's what messed up the structure as well, because I executed a structure before I had really planned it and looked at it. Like, is this really realistic? How much time yeah. do I need? Um, how do I want to work? Uh Anchoring that with my partner, you know, fitting that into, you know, what's our, how do we want our life to look at like? Um, when do I actually want to take time off? For example, during the days when my son is at daycare, if he's not sick. So, um, I felt, I've, I've, and this is a, this is a pattern in me that I, I get super excited. I'm impulsive and then I do, and I don't really plan ahead enough. So then it swings back to like square one.
0: I think we've talked about this a little bit, but the way I try to think about it is like, there's like three steps, which is like plan to plan, (laughs) actually plan, execute the plan. And like that first, the first two can be hard because sometimes it's like, oh my God, that's so ridiculous that I have to plan a time to sit down and plan. But you almost do like you're saying, because if not, then you just throw it together really quick. And it's like, does it actually fit anything versus like my partner and I are going to you don't actually have time, whatever time on Friday mornings together to like make this plan kind of thing, and so I feel like that might even be the first step is to be like, can I just plan to plan, even if it, the plan doesn't go according to plan <laughs> that week, that would be okay. But even if I just make the habit of starting to think about that more, like I'm just bringing a little more structure into my life and a little more of that conversation into my business, my relationship, all of that. Like, what do you think about that? I know that the second part is hard where even if it doesn't go perfect, it's okay. But <laughs> I think that that could be like, you know, the stepping stone because I feel like sometimes, yeah, we try to perfect all of it at once. Absolutely. it's easy This is definitely back.
1: where I struggle. Yeah. um, And I want to, I want to, I want to execute to feel successful, um, but then it doesn't feel successful in the long run because it's not sustainable or it actually is not the most effective way. Um, and, and I'm unable to like keep it up or feel like it's actually, yeah, sustainable or really anchored in what it, it, what is, and what and how it's meant to serve me.
0: Yep. Totally. And so even just spending the time to be like, I'm just like testing out what it feels like to think about that each week and to think about that plan, I think is worth it because that's really what you're after is feeling like you have been able to put enough thought into it that you feel confident in what you're doing. Does that feel true? Yes. And I think the key word here is
1: thinking because I tend to skip that part yes. and I just want to do. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm really, and that's where you lose sight of the priorities and all of those other things that you were just saying, right? And also because I'm really good
1: at doing. So that's where my comfort zone is and where I feel confident and successful and like where I feel achievement and all of that. But it also gets hollow in a way because it, it's missing the thought process and it's missing. And because it's missing the thought process, it yeah. doesn't become sustainable. It doesn't really support me. And um, and um it kind of falls flat. And then I'm back to square one. And yeah. And I feel like also like working so much in a digital space, like if I compare to when I was working as a nurse where, of course, you use computers, but it's very hands-on. You're thinking a lot more than actually, like you're, you're thinking and doing and it's quite practical. Like in terms of my brain and how I am, I think that work also tends to keep me more sane, like mentally and working Mm -hmm. on a computer. Mm -hmm. Totally. Where everything is abstract. Like it's, it's really quite abstract to work with online. Online work. Um, and I think that's also why I sometimes just feel like I want to do because that gives me a sense of achievement and completion or more so. Um, yeah. and it's hard for me to grasp and get a perspective on things and in the bigger picture and what needs to be done and actually spend time thinking like, cl- yeah. And that's why I've been thinking a lot lately about maybe I should get like a, an analog calendar or like more like, yeah, yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like my, in terms of mental health and sanity and clarity of mind and peace of mind, like that has really deteriorated <laughs> quite a lot since <laughs> I became kind of exclusively digital. Yeah. Computer, yeah. phone. Um, and it just sucks you in and there, I just, I lose in a way, I lose sense yeah. of reality and it's hard to keep track of time. Like tasks on a computer can really s- just suck you in and then three hours have passed and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. I haven't like, mm-hmm. haven't looked away from the screen. I haven't taken a break. And then ultimately, ultimately I feel like, well, you know, it's, it's, it's not bad because I love my job, but also like it feels feels pleasurable to a certain degree doing it but also it's it's also quite draining
0: 100%. I think like it's almost like the whole point of all of this isn't to just get you to do more, right? It's almost like the opposite point of like can I slow down and have a little more thinking time? Can I have a little more time off screen with like my paper calendar and some of my like deeper thoughts and planning and prioritizing and things like that. Right. Because I feel like you don't have an action problem. Like that's not (laughs) the issue here, you know? So, so it's really like, how do we make this feel good? You know, that's the only point of anything we're trying to do here. It's not, how do we get Erica to do more work or something? It's like, how do we make it feel good? And I think It's not about how many things can we cram in a day that might temporarily feel good because you get that hit of checking it off, you know. But I think ultimately what's going to feel better is like, how are you feeling a lot more thoughtful, intentional and slowed down?
1: Yeah. You sound like my husband.
0: Make sure he does not listen to this episode.
1: (laughs) He's not listening to these episodes. But it's funny. He's like, Erica, you have to think. And I'm like, I can't think anymore. I'm just because I'm I think I'm like addicted to attached to, like stuck in doing mode because that's that's what I felt has moved the needle. But now I also see like in terms of just enjoyment of the, in the process and yep. for having perspective, I need to zoom out. I need to distance myself from, from these digital devices and from doing and spend more time being thoughtful, intentional. And the other thing that you said, yeah.
0: <laughs> I feel like it's also just seeing how there's different phases in business right? Kind of how we were even talking about with like the phase of going from like, I'm all in program creation time, am all in marketing creation or those different things. And this is just a different phase of that too. Like, I think it's true that sometimes just doing it and doing it really messy at the beginning of business is what gets you a lot of the results you want. But that there comes a time where that just feels like hitting a wall after a while. And I think that's where you're at. where like, your business, your team is big enough where that doesn't work how it used to work. And so just like seeing this as like almost like a recalibration to not just in terms of like your own experience, but in terms of like the business needs you to recalibrate this too, you know, obviously your experience being the most important, but it's helpful to see it as a business task as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really good. And I think with having the spaciousness with shameless being a slower program. Yeah. And like next week I, I looked at my calendar and next week I barely have anything to do and I'm like, oh, this feels so good. I think, um, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I think I, uh, really want to do that and really focus on that. Um, so journal more, like writing more f- by hand, um,
0: Buying a paper calendar. Buying a paper calendar.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can probably find a really cheap one for 2021 on a Black Friday sale. <laughs>
0: That's true. Oh, true. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe you like, <laughs> maybe you like print something for like a minute and then we use it in January. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I've thought about it many times. Like, should I get a paper calendar? But then yeah. it feels kind of redundant because mm-hmm. then I have to like spend time, but it doesn't really matter. I think you have to spend time
0: thinking. You yeah,
1: have to spend time thinking and, and copying. Um, and I have, a, I have like four whiteboards, but I haven't put them up. So like putting them up on the wall. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I need to, I've, it's time to get into like CEO, thought leader, thinker mode, a little bit more than like in the weeds doer mode. All right, so I'm sure you guys have heard about my thoughts on planning before, which is like a three-step process, planning to plan, making the plan, executing the plan. So planning to plan means just setting aside time for planning, right? Sounds so silly, but I think so few of us do it. Planning gets shoved in like in between other things when you think you have time or something and it becomes really, really messy and not well thought out. And like, that's the whole point of having a plan. So it's like we're starting the process off wrong. But if you can plan to plan, actually set that time aside really get to dive in and make a well thought out plan and then execute the plan you will be so surprised at how effective that is where most people go wrong is they try to do all three of those things at once like okay let me sit down let me make the plan and let me start doing it like within the same you know hour or something and while it would be nice if it worked like that usually that's when it feels really messy and rushed and reactive And that's kind of when you're in that doing mode, right? Like Erica is talking about. And what we're really trying to do is not make it just about doing mode. We really want to be more in CEO and thought leader mode by having time to think and plan, right? Fortunately or unfortunately, I guess, depending on how you slice it, you have to be really adaptable when you have a small business that sometimes you do have the role of doer and sometimes you have to have the role of CEO and thought leader. And, you know, the challenge point is being able to put those different hats on at different times, right? And so by planning to plan, making the plan, and executing the plan, we're really creating different space for each of those roles. The planning to plan and making the plan is way more CEO thought leader, and the executing the plan is way more being the doer in your business. And so by separating those out, we're really giving ourselves a chance to wear different hats when necessary, as opposed to trying to wear all the hats at one time. And get it all done. And that's when it gets draining and overwhelming. And I think that's just what we're seeing with Erica is she's trying to wear all the hats all the time. And what she really needs is that time to not be doing, but to be in thinking, in thought leader mode, in CEO mode. So I'm sure that many, many, many of my high performers listening to this resonate with this a lot, right? Because we like to do, I get it. I'm totally the same, but where I move my business forward the most is usually not in that. It's in taking time to slow down and things. So I hope that it's a reminder to do that for yourself this week and to try this process out. Yeah. And really think about the space outside of the computer.
1: Like how does the office look? I need shelves on the walls. I need to, you yeah. know, those kinds of things that I have been avoiding. Avoiding and also not prioritizing for not prioritizing. a totally. long time. Um, I actually bought one of those. Did I tell you that I've been listening to Stoicism a lot lately? I can't remember.
0: No, yeah. no, but I love that. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Like, sinking my teeth into Marcus Aurelius and Seneca and Epictetus and all of them. Yeah. Um, and uh, reading books. Again, I, I bought one of those kobo like a digital reading like a reading app but oh yeah yeah. i don't like it like i i want the feeling of book and paper in my hand um so i bought some books and actually bought a uh a daily journal book with um written by a a person who is like a a student of stoicism or like a pra- he practices stoicism mm-hmm. and so there are all these journal prompts like you journal in the day you journal in the afternoon and mm. um i'm excited to receive it because i i think i really i really need it i really crave it and i think it will be really good for my mental health to yeah. to to spend time and anything
0: that's good for your mental health <laughs> it's really good for your business and that's how you have to start seeing it right yeah it's not like time away from shit you should be doing. It's like the thing that makes all the shit you should be doing better, easier, faster when you go to do it. Yeah. Yes. So good. Okay. Paper calendar, just thinking about the plan, like no need to like execute it perfectly yet, but let's just like start with that step. Obviously you're welcome to share that with me and we can look at it. Definitely like, do it in context of your family, all of that. And we'll just see how that feels. Does that feel good? Yes, it does. (laughs) Beautiful. Okay. Keep me posted launch wise. Let's get some of that Black Friday stuff out today and let me know how that goes and we'll go from there. Beautiful. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. You're so welcome. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living led up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.